Hello, and welcome to the Death Labs podcast, where we talk all things security and threat research, hosted by Nat Rich. Today, we're joined by Jaime Blasco of Nudge Security, uh, uh, a new venture. Uh, well, not that new. I guess it's uh, new in pandemic time, but you've been doing that for a few years. So, uh, so what have you what have you been up to the last few years since we've since we've interacted in the real world, aside of online and in Zoom? Yeah, thanks, thanks, John, for for bringing me to the uh, to the podcast. But yeah, you know, I I for those of you that don't know me, you know, I've been in the thread intel space for a long time at Alien Bolt and then AT and T. And you know, a, a few years ago, uh, Ross Spitler, my co-founder, and I, you, we were at AT and T, and you know, started to look at you know what are some of the problems that are still not solved, right? And you know, we kept hearing this one, which is, you know, things are changing, right? Like we, you know, I'm I'm tired of for the last 10 years of talking to my customers around, you know, you're moving to the cloud. Are you sure, <laughs> you know, you know what, mm. what you're doing and, you know, helping them making that transition. Um, but at the same time, we are seeing pretty much the same happening right now with SaaS products, right? We see everybody uh, moving to more and more SaaS and, and you know, when you look at that problem, there are many interesting companies out there focused on like the SaaS security. It's like if you tell mm-hmm. me what, what SaaS products you use, we can help you secure in those. And and that's great. And we also help there. But the problem that we keep seeing uh happening over and over again is like no one knows what SaaS tools are being used in 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 in, in every company, right? So uh, we came with a we came out with a very interesting way of like finding that and providing visibility uh, for companies around you know what SaaS tools their employees are using them and providing workflows uh, to discover those applications you know notify them when there are breaches also touching on the on the supply chain not just the tools that you are using but you know what are their suppliers yeah. i've seen you know in the last couple of years like circle ci octa twilio it looks like the lapsus guys like you know have done a, a an amazing job kind of like from a marketing perspective there and and we mm-hmm. we we really uh you know the more time we spend on this problem the more we see that it's it's uh it's actually a huge issue for for many companies out there well and I, you know you think of just the, the security vendor landscape right there's so few people focusing on that right and people says oh i've got identity and access governance and edr and network detection and privilege access management and cicd like okay now secure all this stuff in the cloud because none of that stuff helps you you know, there's no uh, getting EDR for your cloud assets or getting your EDR for Salesforce, right? Almost every company, yeah, they they probably all think of, you know, what's your most important data? And probably it's in Salesforce for almost everybody or or HubSpot or the equivalent, right? But, uh, you know, and then yeah, it's shadow IT writ large where people are just not getting IT. They're just getting services and the company's data is there, right? Zoom. Right. Of, of what we're using this. Right. This became critical infrastructure three years ago, give or take. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I mean, the, like, you know, we 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 always focus on where, where the crown jewels of every company are. And as you said, like those are pretty much right now. All of those are either in the cloud or in SaaS services, as, as you described. Right. Even, you know, some of the examples you gave, like HubSpot, Salesforce, those are amazing examples of like shadow IT because many times you have, 
you know, marketing teams that decide to use certain tools and, you know, the IT and security teams learn about that like a year after it's been implemented, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, like some companies are more mature, right? And they have processes around this, but processes break all the time, right? It's like, even we work with customers where they have amazing processes and policies, but those break all the time. So how can you actually make sure that everything is going through the right uh, funnel and you have all the controls that you need? And, you know, it's a lot of automation you can build um, uh, for that. Right. You know, I think, you know, I was just, as just, you was talking, think of how miserable log for J was for dealing uh, for enterprises to deal with. Cause uh, sure. Okay. I patched my OS. I patched Java. It's gone. No, no. I mean, there could be people who put in their own libraries. It could be everywhere. And then you get into the vendor space where who knows what's installed on those devices. It's a similar problem, except with no infrastructure associated with it. It just, you know, what's vulnerable is something using LastPass, you know, with a wrapper so that you never notice it. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, maybe some of your critical vendors, right, are actually using those tools. So how can you figure that out and, and be prepared when the, one of those breaches happen, right? That That's the other piece that it's becoming super important. And, you know, I keep seeing a lot of companies spending a lot of time on, on the supply chain side of things, but from a software supply chain, and I'm like, that's amazing. But not many people are looking at that SaaS uh, supply chain, which which is going to be become even uh, more critical as as companies move more and more services to like you know SaaS um, companies, and you know that that's an area that it's going to require a lot of investment and. Uh, and to be fair, for for many companies out there that are not software companies, it may be actually more important that you know the software supply chain itself. Yeah, I mean, I would think so, right? It's it's easy to put wrappers or you know bandage together several SaaS applications, and then instead of writing on your own, you know, and it's a way to outsource the risk. It makes good sense. The same reason that enterprises would move to the cloud is the same reason why vendors would as well, right? You know, yeah. speaking as a security cloud SaaS provider, right? Same, you know, same thing, right? The on-prem world is going away. So, you know, why wouldn't it go away for how I do business in terms of creating product? Yeah. And, and, and you don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, it is an amazing world, right? Where, you know, we, this new company, we started like, you know, 10 years ago, it will have taken probably three, four times the effort when it comes to like, you know, deploying infrastructure and, mm-hmm. you know, bringing all sorts of uh, uh, capabilities like like finance, HR. Nowadays, you know, you can you can get that done in one afternoon with one of these tools. Yeah. Like, like we, we can't forget that that introduces risk and, you know, you, you got to make sure that you have all that under control. You understand what tools are your environment, what access, you know, what, what data is being accessed. And, you know, if there is any, any sort of security issue, you know, just the, the fact of understanding, you know, who owns those tools, how they are configured, the, the data that they have, the suppliers that they use, it, it becomes really, really critical. No, absolutely. So, so what are you seeing out there that's, that's exciting, right? In this space, you know, what's, you know, what got you to sit up and be like, man, that could be really awful one day. Yeah. Again, I, I think for once, you know, one of the things was like talking to tons of, you know, uh, you know, CISOs and like security mm-hmm. teams and trying to understand where their problems were. 
uh, before we decided on building something, right? I, we, we didn't want to be in a situation where we build something and then we wait people to come and use it. It's like, well, let's go pick a, a high impact problem that we know needs to be solved and then, and then build that. Right. And then, as I mentioned, a lot of the, the, uh, you know, since the last two, three, four years, really a lot of threat actors exploiting that uh, supply chain mm. of like, you know, you mentioned LastPass, but, you know, CircleCI, Okta, Twilio. Yeah. There has been tons of uh, incidents, you know, affecting those SaaS uh, vendors. And, and we feel like that's not going to go away, right? If anything, oh, no. probably going to uh, become harder and harder. And, you know, bringing that visibility is just, is just a, a critical piece. And, you know, the other trend that is really... Uh, well, not helping us, but like not helping companies out there, obviously, but making the problem worse is like the new wave of AI tools, right? Like there are like hundreds of AI tools. Every uh -huh. single day, someone creates a new company. They haven't done any sort of security reviews or, you know, anything like SOC 2 or anything like that, right? So like your employees are adopting tools that, you know, probably two guys, uh, you know, developing one weekend and, you know, as it's super easy today to release products, like, you know, companies need to understand that, you know, doing due diligence about those tools, it's, it's also really, really critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think, is it was it yesterday, day before, you know, there's a couple of announcements. One was Google. Another, I think was Microsoft of, of co-piloting where, you know, AI generated code. Right. So, you know, nobody needs to be a developer anymore. They could just say this, I want my, want my program to do or module to do. And they just copy and paste. Hey, it compiles, it runs. And it's just the stack overflow problem on steroids, right? Of people copying and pasting buggy code from stack overflow. Now it could be just copy and pasting buggy code from AI that you don't see referenced anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it is good and bad, right? Like the, the, mm -hmm. now you have, you know, millions of people out there that didn't know how to code and all of a sudden they have the ability to build, you know, their ideas. And, and that's amazing, right? It's, it's going to love yeah, yeah. so much productivity gains. But at mm -hmm. the same time, being security guys, we we <laughs> we can see yeah. a lot of problems there, right? Uh, now that being said, I think the same uh, the same models, right, and the same uh, uh, tools can be used to actually mitigate that a little bit. But obviously, we we need to get there, right? I'm seeing a lot of uh, companies rushing to market with you know adding uh, AI capabilities and you know LLM uh, APIs, and they're not doing the basis, right? Like, I mean, I spent I spent a significant amount of time, like you know, even before you know LLMs were cool, right? I mean, I've been following the AI space for many many years, and has been a, I have been a practitioner. Mm -hmm. And even for me, the amount of progress that has happened in the last year, it's just impossible to follow, right? There's so much happening. And we went from like, you know, a huge amount of progress to all of a sudden being, uh, you know, an exponential phase, right? Where, you know, things are moving so fast that it's really, really hard to keep up with, with that. And, and from a security perspective, again, that, that's going to that's gonna make a huge impact, right? I mean, we see 
where things like you know prompt injection uh you know i i, I don't know if, if you have seen some of those examples right but the ability to really train yeah. uh you know la large language models to really do something else and you know i've been able to exploit a significant amount of products because they don't do the basis to like really filter those things right so it's kind of like remember the 90s and early 2000s where every website had an sql injection right like it, it's mm -hmm. kind of like the same right now right like a lot of these is oh, yeah. Companies they release products and all of them have the same issues, right? And, and and it kind of happens every time there's a new technology, right? Like there there are always some of these vulnerabilities that people need to learn about and you know mitigate. And, and hopefully some of the larger companies, you know, Google, OpenAI, Microsoft, will put something in place that you know hopefully will will mitigate these things a little bit. But we're still not there yet, right? It, you oh, know, no. it's it, it's going to take a while. Oh, I mean, if you think that like the fundamental computer security problem is how to safely process untrusted inputs, right? You know, buffer overflows, SQL injection, you know, spam, right? Go through the list, right? It's all that fundamental problem. AI is just radically increasing the target space, you know, and the adversary has decades more experience in fooling these systems than we do. Because if language learning models would have solved the security problem, right? Bayesian filtering of spam would have worked in the 90s and early 2000s when it was first being deployed and it didn't. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's unlimited job security. You know, yeah, it's great. You know, I, it's, you know. uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting um, world for sure right now. And, you know, as you said, I don't think we're going to get out of, uh, you know, out of a job at, at, at any point yeah. in the short term. Uh, let's see about the long term, right? I mean, there's obviously a lot of opportunities uh, uh, where we can end up from here, you know, in terms of like how quickly these models are going to become better and better and whether we get to a point where actually they're, you know, <laughs> extremely good and you know we can we can just dedicate more time to other things and and to be fair i mean we at, at our company we are already using a lot of these tools to really unlock mm -hmm. some of like the boring repetitive tasks right like mm -hmm. you don't want like a senior developer like you know spending so much time on like repetitive things right so like i mean we use copilot right it's like it helps us write in unit tests it helps us you know, auto completing certain like boring, you know, APIs that you have to write. Yeah. So, you know, it's already, uh, it's already super helpful. And I'm sure that it's going to become, you know, even, even more powerful, right. As, as we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the flip side of that problem is I'm getting a PhD in data science on cybersecurity. So, I mean, you know, in the brave new world, at least, at least I'll have something to say about it, right? And, you know, um, you know, uh, at least I have a doctorate anyway, so I can make people call me doctor if I ever feel cheap. Uh, yeah, I, I forget, I, I forgot I had to call you doctor. Ah. No, not yet, I've, I've got to write my thesis because they don't <laughs> have a uh, chat GPT for thesis writing yet. So I'm, I'm gonna have go. to write all those pages by hand, uh, you know, and at least get through, it, it, through a defense anyway, right? You know, so. I'm sure there's, uh, uh, you know, some some tools that'll help along the way. Summarize all this research that I say is all garbage anyway. Yeah, yeah, you know, I and and, and I think that that's the other thing, right? I, th I think from a, you know, I'm kind of jealous of, you know, people that are entering like you know college or or just like mm -hmm. you know, like being 
being in my in my teens right now, it will be amazing, right? Because they have the tools that you had today to learn. And, you know, uh, it's it's just so different from where we were, right? Especially in the cybersecurity world, right? I mean, when I started and, and probably you were the same, right? There was mm-hmm. nothing you could look at, right? There, there was no formal education. Uh, you no, want no. to go to underground IRC channels, like forums, uh-huh. And reading magazines like you know, and and uh, you know, call these weirdos that were they, they were as weird as you, and you know, mm. you find this community, and and I really appreciated that. But like, if I had to do it all over again, like I just feel like it's much easier these days, right? You have access to so many resources, and uh, it's it's uh, so anyway. I th- I think it's easier, but at the same time, you know it it loses part of that magic of like, you yeah. know, building, having to build your own tools for everything. Cause there was nothing. And, uh, it, it's a, it's a different world for sure. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I think that there's lots of other resources. You can learn things and you could do fine just running through applying the training. Right. I think the downside is just, you know, hiring people as I'm sure you see it too, is just finding young people with the intellectual curiosity to go find things and, and do that. That's the hard part or finding the really, you know, exceptionally curious people who can do really great things instead of, Hey, you know, all right, you know, you'll, you'll be able to run a pen test and make sure the trains run on time, but doing some of the neat stuff that keeps me in this industry, right. Of, of those you know, I think I used to teach about 100 kids at uh, the University of Illinois a semester, give or take. There's one, maybe two of them. They're all very smart people. One or two really had the strong kind of intellectual curiosity that I, I really like seeing in people I hire if I can, right? Um, so, I mean, there's pluses and minuses, right? Because you, you had to figure things out on your own uh, yeah. and be driven to do it, right? You know, I remember 20 plus years ago of rewriting kernel headers for Linux so I can get uh, to compile a kernel on a deck alpha, right? Who even looks at header files and kernels anymore? You know, besides threat actors, you know, creating LKMs. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like, yeah, I'd like to do that, but who's got time for that? Yeah. Well, now you, now you can use uh, chat GPT, right? And just ask about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I say, I'm going to put a note, right? Yeah, you know, you know, see if I could say what it has to say about this. Does anybody even know what a deck alpha is anymore? <laughs> All right. So, you know, um, you know, you bring up uh, ML and AI and, and some of the stuff, right? And, you know, like I said, it's an area of my own research, but we're not going to talk about my stuff, right? You know, and what got you interested into that space, right? Because, I mean, you went from the alien vault world and, and threat and tell to, to SaaS security. Uh, certainly, there's the, the public consciousness and hype, right? You know, we're at the early stages of the hype cycle uh, of LLMs. You know, what was your introduction into that world? So, you know, from, from a machine learning perspective was really, uh, I mean, Obviously, using that knowledge within, you know, the cybersecurity space to to solve a bunch of problems that, you know, we couldn't solve using heuristics or signatures, mm-hmm. or things like that, right? But what really drove me was actually uh, self-driving cars, right? Like I... Mm-hmm. 
I remember taking the first uh, nano degree ever in Coursera for self-driving cars. It was like actually a, a pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting, you know, one year uh, from some of some amazing teachers that are now, you know, at Cruise and, you know, uh, Google, like building the technology. And, you know, I just wanted to know how it worked. Right. And, you know, it ended up being a lot of uh, early, you know, machine learning and, and AI Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, techniques and then from there you know i just i just fell in love with that and and follow the industry and, and and kept learning right and then i had the the ability to apply some of that knowledge to the cybersecurity space uh successfully and and then as i mentioned right kind of like the new wave of uh ai right like the the um you know llm kind of transformers you know i mean i have used transformers for for years now mm-hmm. uh you know, the early bird right in, in a lot of nlp stuff but even having having built systems using those models when i saw what gpt3 early on was able to do was was kind of mind-blowing right because like the mm-hmm. job <laughs> from like those the, the jump from like bird gpt2 to like gpt3 and you know later on gpt4 and all of all of the the other models that came after that is it was just like mind-blowing having followed the industry and having implemented some of these models myself it was just such a jump in capabilities that I was like, okay, this is gonna, this is gonna change everything, right? Like it, it almost felt like, you know, the first time you use the internet or the first time you were exposed mm-hmm. to personal computers, it was almost, you know, almost that moment or, or the first time you, you, you look at an iPhone, right? And, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is insane. It was kind of the mm-hmm. same, right? Even, even for someone that had been close to the technology, I, I couldn't believe how good it got in such a small period of time, right? So I, I think that was the moment when I got early access to GPT-3. I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. It's it's going to change everything, right? And I mean, here we are today. It's it's, it's a slowly changing uh, pretty much every job out there, right? I think, you know, in a few years, everybody is going to be using tools that leverage, you know, LLMs in the backend for one thing, um, uh, you know, or, or, or most of the things that they're doing, right? Yeah. I mean, there's tons of writing that I do that I'm just not invested in. I hate, like, I hate writing my own biography, right? For CFPs or whatever, right? It's like, I, you know, I don't really want to do that. I right, hear here, chat GPT, tell me about myself and then yeah. just edits. Right. So I can take something that I loathe and put off forever. That doesn't really mean that much, but you know, it takes more time than it should because I hate doing it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, or, I, or press releases. I, as know, long as it's not lying about you, you know, that that's the, the well, big problem here. But <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, lying in good or bad ways. Right. I mean, it is a bio, right. You know, you're supposed yeah. to say all the nice things about yourself and none of the bad, right? Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I can't, you know, no one, no one assigns their bio writing to their ex-spouse. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you get the, you get the filter, filter there, right? So, um, you know, I, I, the, the amusing anecdote about LLMs, I remember Microsoft Hey back in the day, right? 2016, the, the, the chat bot that had to be euthanized, you know, because, you know, oh, let's, let's train a chat bot on Twitter and see what happens. Well, that ended to predictable outcomes. It's like training, training an LLM on Reddit. 
you know, it's probably not going to be the most social creature out there or politically correct or acceptable in any way, shape or form. I mean, the only way to go worse is train it on 4chan. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what do you expect, right? Like it's, it's going to happen. And, and, and to be fair, the unfiltered version of, you know, GPT-4, it kind of like that, that, you know, they have done a lot of uh, lobotomies uh, from the first <laughs> release until now, right? Like, and if you remember the the, the initial release of uh, being, uh, mm. you know, search, mm. like it was insane. Some of those conversations where, you know, people got, you know, uh, 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 what, what, what was her name? Um, like, it's Sydney, right? Like Sydney, uh, mm. that, that was the internal name of, of the, that, that first model. And it, it was insane, right? Like it went on and on, like really weird thoughts. And I mean, obviously they, they had to apply a lot of like, you know, reinforcement learning for human feedback and to make it less capable and more is, is terrible. Right. And, and I, and I think that's also going to be a, a huge, um, with the existing models, right? Like, I mean, I, I feel like there is a lot of opportunities to improve that where, you know, how can we have a, a, a really capable model that, that you can still control and make sure that, you know, it's, it's, it's respecting certain guidelines that, that you have. Right. And, and I think some of the work that Anthropic is doing right with, uh, you know, a constitutional AI and all that, I think it could be a, a really good way of fixing that. Uh, but I mean, we will see how, I, I think it's still super early in terms of, you know, which, you know, which techniques are going to, are going to work well and, and not. Yeah. Well, I think there's enough interest in it because there's been enough sci-fi for the past four decades about, you know, machines that become self-aware and kill us all. We all remember Terminator. So I think there's a need, there's I mean, a lot of the, the fear mongering that goes with the hype cycles. Like that's not how this threat model is going to play itself out. You know, but, uh, you know, there are areas of concern, but I think, you know, there's enough sci-fi awareness of, of loathing where there's enough interest to at least start tackling the problem and care about it. Whereas most of the time we just create new technology and be like, huh, eh, whatever. Right. And probably a lot of the cloud SaaS world, right. To, to take this full, full circle. It's like, Oh, let's, let's just sassify this and hope for the best. And then we rarely get the best. Yeah. We often get what we deserve, but we rarely get the best. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, on the risk side of things, you know, I think it's, it's just so hard to predict uh, how things are going to play out. I mean, I, I'm not a doomer, right, in, in that sense of like, you know, this thing in its current state is not going to, it's not going to have agency and do like weird things. Like it, it just doesn't work mm -hmm. like that. That being said, I'm I'm concerned about short-term risks in terms of like how threat actors can use these mm -hmm. tools, right? I mean, this information is gonna become a, a a nightmare. I mean, it is a nightmare already, but like it's it's just like you you are gonna be able to automate like camp, you know these information campaigns that are coherent, you know, uh, mm -hmm. social media profiles that are actually coherent, having conversations like creating mm -hmm. personas. It, it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be really really hard right so there's there are huge opportunities there for companies to actually fix uh fix those issues but the the other thing and i've been thinking about this a lot which is you know imagine what 
in in a few years right like you know when llms you know you're gonna be able to use some of the open source models and i mean we can talk about later about you know what mm -hmm. do you think about those open source models but but think about when those models are small enough that can be run locally right and mm -hmm. when someone decides to create something like notpetya or wannacry with a, one of those models inside or even using an API, right, that is able to move laterally in any network, just learning and, and even social engineering, you know, inside the network, the employee, yeah. you can create really interesting scenarios there where you don't need like AGI to do that, right? Like you could probably use almost the existing technology today to build something like that. I mean, think about oh, yeah. the that NotPetya did, and it was pretty dumb, right? It, it wasn't, you know, the way it moved laterally, it was it it was pretty limited. Uh, but if you add something like this, uh, it, it could be a really, really interesting way of, you know, causing a lot of damage. And, you know, obviously, hey, talking about this for threat actors that are out there, but I mean, it, I'm sure many people are, are having these concerns right now, right? It's, it's not something unique. Uh, but. Yeah, well, and I think that a lot of people saying, oh, ChatGPT will cause this. I mean, the underlying technology is there, right? You know, I don't need to log into ChatGPT to create an LLM. There's libraries and stuff out there, at which point threat actors can choose their own inputs and, and training sets uh, and what they want it to do, right? I mean, the technology exists. It could just be repurposed into other things fairly quickly and simply, yeah. you know? So you can put whatever guardrails you want in your system to do you know, as a co-pilot for creating code, the attackers can use the same yeah, underlying open source technology and most of it's open source to write malware and just take away the take away the protections or never never put in the guardrails. You know, so, yeah, no, it's and 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 I think we're, you know, it, it's gonna be an interesting battle uh between, you know, the open source community and like the big players, right? I mean, you see now how, you know, OpenAI all of the sudden is interested on, you know, regulation. Well, I, I do understand, you know, and I like a lot of people there and, and I know they have concerns, but, you know, obviously if you put regulations, they're they gonna be the winners, right? That regulation for them is a moat. I mean, they have an immense amount of resources that, startups are not going to have and and yeah. billions of dollars of investment from microsoft and others so i think it's going to be very interesting to find what's the right balance between you know how to keep innovation going and allowing those open source models uh that may have interesting capabilities in the future i mean i, I think the the models that are there today are are still pretty you know limited uh, I'm far from like what GPT-4 is today, but at some point they they may catch up, right? So, you know, I think I think uh, as an industry, and and I said as an industry, right? Because like the minute you have politicians trying to regulate this, uh, well, we see how that goes, right? So we mm -hmm. we rather have some recommendations or some sort of plan to really have uh, something where we can add safety but we are not going to kill innovations and make, you know, some monopolies uh, just like go bigger. Right? <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's the right, the right way to go here. No, no, I think you're absolutely right. Right. You know, there should be something of, you know, for machine learning, something equivalent to OWASP, right. You know, 
you want to regulate something, say, all right, here, we're going to fund this, create all the stuff to make it as safe as possible, highly incentivize people to use it so they can get jump started quickly and do what we did for web security, you know, in data science. And I, it had results. Is it perfect? No, there's still SQL injections out there, but you know, the threat landscape is far better in the web world in 2023 than it was in 2008. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> After, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars of investment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's the circle of life, right. You know, as we implement technology and tools faster than, people acknowledge the risks at least in this case people are talking about it no i mean um, definitely and it's just you you never know what the incentives are for a lot of people that are all of a sudden are concerned about safety right well yeah it's yeah that's fair like i said i think you know i think part of it's just been driven by sci-fi you know is if we don't want the computers to kill us all i don't think chat gpt will be the tool to do it You know, um, and I mean, given the human species, I bet we kill ourselves first before the machines do it. You know, the machines might be saying, hey, please stop, you know, and be like, you know, you don't, you're not the boss of me. Yeah, you know, but uh, that, that, that's the story of humanity. So yeah, kind of at the end, you know, to wrap things up, like what is the one important thing you want to, you know, you know people to, to know? Yeah, uh, well, we, we have talked obviously about two, two uh, important topics. One, you know, being that, uh, you know, SaaS uh, security and, you know, that visibility, I feel like, you know, everybody should be identified with this problem, right? I mean, we, we all work at, you know, companies that are moving fast mm -hmm. and we see this happening. So, you know, pay attention to that problem, right? I, I, I feel like it's going to become more and more important. And obviously, I mean, we spend a lot of time talking about AI, right? I think my advice there is, you know, embrace it as, as soon as possible. Learn as much as you can. This is going to be game changing for it, no matter what you do, right? No matter what... Mm -hmm doing today, this is going to affect you. So you want to make sure that you understand the technology. You don't hype it. <laughs> that's the that's the other yeah. important thing, right? Try to understand how it works, what the limitations are, and where we are headed. But, you know, don't overhype it in a way that is, you know, it's going to replace us all tomorrow. And like that, that's not how it's going to happen. Yeah. That being said, you know, it, it's probably going to be Uh, as as I mentioned before, as important as personal computers or the internet itself, from my point of view. I mean, I I have I have had that same feeling, right? When I first used a computer, mm. when I first used the internet, like that feeling of an ease, and at the same time, like you know, your body is like getting so excited, and, and that you want to spend so much time with that technology because it's so cool. And so much better about that what you have seen before. So, you know, and and if you are young, you know, there is a huge opportunity for you to actually dedicate your life to this, right? Early on, mm -hmm. so you know, this this is a a a really good career path for those looking for mm -hmm. interesting problems, right? There's gonna be so many things that are gonna need to be solved. And, you know, I, 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 I use this concept, uh, you know, like four or five years ago, like, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to do a keynote and I talk about how that, you know, cybersecurity professionals were really hard to find. 
and you know uh, machine learning uh, engineers were really hard to find but the intersection of those two right are like a it's a unicorn and those were you know impossible to find right so i i again i think like becoming that unicorn if you are interested in cybersecurity and machine learning and putting those two together i mean you're you're going to have a, a job for life right like that that's going to mm-hmm. be more and more important so you know that there there you go like that that's an idea for you if if you're looking for a, a career change or or starting your career today absolutely i think that's a good thought all right well thank you jaime for being on you've been listening to the death labs podcast we talk all things security and threat research we air episodes every other wednesday uh, on your favorite podcasting platform so like subscribe as you see fit again uh, jaime blasco thank you for joining us from nudge security thank you so much bye-bye